It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. We call this our Scattered Thunderstorm season, as we release one episode each week in anticipation of our exciting winter daily podcast series starting January 17th. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Well, Eric, happy Thanksgiving. And to all those who are in America, happy Thanksgiving. To those who are not in America, we're still thankful for you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, obviously, this is a very special week because we're both in plaid. So uh, this is a good day. It's a unique thing to unite in plaid. And it doesn't doesn't, uh, Thanksgiving feel like a plaid holiday? You know, if you were going to pick one. uh, Maybe more sweater. I guess that's more Christmassy, too, though. Yeah, Christmassy is sweater and plaid (laughs) is... uh, It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Uh, So, Nathan, we're going through a 12-week series. It's sort of unusual seasons. The first time we've done this in Daily Thunder, where from, and we're doing it for multiple reasons. We're 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 doing one episode a week instead of five episodes a week right now, which I know some people could get upset with us over. It's like, excuse me. I mean, I was just getting into the groove of Daily Thunder. You went down to one a week, but actually, a lot of people that were getting into the groove of Daily Thunder are so behind because <laughs> we have so much content uh, coming out in our training season, especially. And so we've gone through four series uh, in the past. What was it been like six months or so? Uh, that have just been a lot of people are still stuck in the summer. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Or in your World War II series, or from in my like World a year War II ago, yeah, ninety three <laughs> episodes. Like well, I'm still in episode twenty two, uh, but uh, so we're going right now. We're doing one a week for twelve weeks, and it's a series all its own called A Thousand Daily Deaths, and we're basically dealing with what Christians need now, what what truths they most need now, but. This one today harkens back to one of the series that you gave in the summer. It was right. You gave that one in Philippians Uh in the summer. Yeah. And so why don't you explain uh, the Christian Mindset series? By the way, I had someone in Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, when I was out there this last week, that said that is their favorite series. I don't know that I like to encourage that, (laughs) uh, but just to to give you that feedback. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm highly honored. Actually, I think out of all the series I've ever done, it was probably the most impactful for me. I, I, one of our ladies here at the church. Uh, I was walking through Philippians chapter four, especially during the COVID season. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, okay, what? How is a Christian supposed to think in the times in which we live? And so I was studying Philippians chapter four, which is all about you know think on these things. And right before the series, I got through verses four through seven of uh, Philippians mm-hmm. four, and I was about to get into Philippians four eight, which is all the think on these things mm-hmm. section. And she said, "Are you going to walk through them individually?" Or and I said, "Well." I don't know. That seems hard. Uh, maybe I'll just do like one message on all of them. She's like, no, 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 please walk through individually. It was one of the hardest studies for me oh. to ever do because there are so few resources. Yeah. Most people don't flesh them out. Yeah. And so I think for me having to wrestle through, okay, what does each of these mean? And what does that mean for our mindset? Uh, it was so deeply stirring and impactful for my own personal life. So all that being said, the whole series is basically walking through how's a Christian supposed to think mm-hmm. and why are we to think on those things and I think in the times in which we live, it is probably more uh, apropos or it is, it's more necessary in these mm-hmm. days to attune our minds to Christ than probably mm-hmm. ever before, at least in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a rich series, at least for me, in terms of pondering the things of, of Jesus. We have a lot of input points into our minds today. And I think we as Christians need to be extra on guard uh, when when you have so many different inputs that are saying things opposite the word of God. Uh, And then you have Paul, you know, telling us, 
but think on these things, not on those things. There's a lot of those things out there, though, whether it's news or whether it's just uh, the opinions or thoughts that are so contradictory to the foundation that we have been given in the Word of God. How are we supposed to appropriate that? Well, today we wanted to talk about one of the key truths that you and I agreed on is probably right there at the top that Christians need to know and they need to function in in the midst of a darkening age where there's a lot of bad news. There's a lot, a lot more bad news than good news. I'll put it that way. Cause we've had seasons where you, you have a, you have bad news, but then you have a little encouragement over here. There's been zero encouragement <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. And so how does a Christian function? What is that truth that we need to know right now? We just simply called it rejoice. <clears throat> That it's not just a command in scripture, it's a function and an action of the successful, triumphant, strong Christian. That if you're healthy right now, it's because you know how to rejoice. And I could almost say if you're unhealthy right now, it's probably because you're not rejoicing. You're not appropriating the challenges around you in the way that God has equipped you to handle them. Well, a lot of that goes back because rejoicing really ultimately is a a position of faith and focus. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's not focusing on the external circumstances because the moment you do that you're you're going down i mean there's yep. so much bait for the discouragement and the fear and the foreboding yep. and yet in the midst of any trial in any circumstance paul says in, in the philippians 4 you know to rejoice always and to rather than live in the despair and the discouragement the fear turn your eyes upon jesus mm-hmm. and in the midst of so doing you walk in thanksgiving and rejoicing and so it's interesting that when i when i focus on the circumstance you you're literally being pushed around by the circumstance. Yep. But it's when you actually look beyond the circumstance and almost like, here's Peter, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus in the midst mm-hmm. of the winds and the waves, yep. he could walk on the water. But the moment he turned his gaze to the winds and the waves, That's he's right. going down. That's right. Would you flesh out maybe even for us? I, I know this is one of your probably favorite topics mm-hmm. to teach on uh, in the semester, that in canon. Yep. But as you talk about incorrigibly cheerful, you, you often use the illustration of a trampoline or this idea mm-hmm. that uh, in, in the word itself is this idea of leaping. Could you maybe yeah. flesh that out for some of those who may not have heard that? Yeah. Well, everything the devil is doing is to try and grind us into the dirt. It's a downward push. So the word depression, that's a downward push. Despair, it's a downward push. Oppression, it's a downward push. And yet everything the spirit of God is doing is it's an upward surge. And so the key is which one are we agreeing with? And some of us feel just victim. It's like, I have no choice in this. And I would say that's a dangerous conclusion to land on. I think we all need to recognize that God has equipped us with everything we need for life and godliness. Godliness would be God behavior in any moment, in any situation. And the God behavior we see is rejoicing. And rejoicing, a lot of us say, well, I'll rejoice when I feel like rejoicing. And I would say, no, 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 you're never going to rejoice then. You see, you rejoice as a, a step of obedience. The feelings of joy, which is what we're usually waiting for, are something that follow the obedience. And so one of my mental pictures that I've oftentimes used, because I have a lot of mental pictures for this, is we have a pipeline of it's this connection between us and the heavenly realms that is established in and through our faith in Christ. When we are made new creatures in Christ, we are born anew, we are clothed in Christ, but we're also filled with Christ. And the Holy Spirit is is given to us. And it's like this pipeline of grace, but it has this gate valve on it. And the gate valve is closed 
and what opens it is obedience. And so when we agree with God, when we agree with the working of the Holy Spirit, it's like it opens up that gate valve and the grace of God floods in. And so when we're in a difficult situation and God says, I'm going to tell you how to handle this right now. I want you to rejoice. I want you to go up. I want you to leap. In fact, that's actually when you're falsely accused, Jesus says to leap for joy. That is the opposite movement that the human body would ever do in a time of false accusation. If you've ever been falsely accused, there's two things that happen. One is your gut empties and you have this hollow feeling in the middle of your being and your knees knock and you feel like falling to the ground and get into the fetal position and sucking your thumb. It is a deep blow to the human uh, psyche and to the human soul. And Jesus says, you know what I want you to do right now? Leap for joy. What? Well, that's a supernatural movement then. And when you engage in doing the supernatural movement to say, I'm going up right now, it's the equivalent of opening the gate valve and the gusher of God's grace lifts you so that you're able to perform in this body something that otherwise would be humanly impossible. But for a Christian, it's very possible. So I also use the illustration of a trampoline. And a trampoline, if you're new to a trampoline, you always like to have someone who's new to a trampoline jumping with you on the trampoline <laughs> because what you like to do, and it's like hitting someone in the face with a snowball. I don't know why people do this, but we like to sort of hit in the off jump or off bounce. I'm not sure. There's probably a name for it, like where you cancel out their bounce. And so they just lose their uh, their stand and they fall to the ground. And it's like tremendously delightful to see that happen to someone you're jumping on a trampoline with. And yet, once you understand trampoline jumping, if there's a big, heavy person on the other side, you actually can use it to your advantage. And so you can actually match your bounce with it and in a sense agree with the bounce and you go higher. And it's the same with the kingdom of heaven. The bigger the weight that falls on your life, the greater the bounce you can have in your life. And that's how grace works. However, that same piano, grand piano that's falling upon your trampoline, if you are unskilled in rejoicing, can destroy you. And it can knock your legs out from under you and you might not, never get up, right? But if you see it and you're like, praise God, this is going to be one enormous leap, you actually can convert what the enemy means to harm into an advantage in your soul. And of course, that's just what the Spirit of God does. That's what God's business is, is taking every single thing that the enemy is plotting, conniving, and doing to destroy us, and he transforms it, God does, into something that is to our advantage and to our good. That's just what he does. And so that's the reason we can rejoice, because we know that God wins in every situation. Even if there's an extreme loss in our life, even if there's an extreme uh, shortage in our life, even if there's extreme weakness in our life, every single one of those can be turned into a greater strength in our life if we handle it God's way instead of man's way. That's so beautiful. <clears throat> I think it's so good especially to, just to emphasize or reemphasize that when we're talking joy and rejoicing, we're not talking happiness. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the emotion. And as you said, the emotion will follow. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not, we're not going after a, a feeling of happiness. Mm -hmm. We're going after a disposition or a focus of the soul called mm -hmm. joy or rejoicing, mm -hmm. uh, which really comes back to that idea of faith, mm -hmm. that it's, it's as I place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and as I keep my gaze upon him and trust in the fact that he's going to turn all things for my good, mm -hmm then I can actually, in the midst of despair and, and discouragement, still smile and just be like, all right, I trust. That's right. Do you have a practical, uh, maybe an application for, for those who are listening? I, mm -hmm. I love your illustration. I think I probably heard it 15 or so years ago, <laughs> which is still one of my all-time favorites that you've ever given, which was the idea of the Cheerio and the milk, uh -huh. that 
uh, a Cheerio milk is utterly unsinkable. Yeah. Then no matter how many times you push the Cheerio down, there's I can't, a noise. Bloop. Yeah, I was like, I yeah, can't. that's it's that's it's coming at you. So you push it down and bloop, it comes back to the surface. <laughs> push it down, bloop, it comes back to the surface. <laughs> I wish I could make that noise, <clears throat> but I love that illustration because that is the Christian life. Yeah. That regardless of the the pressure, we are Cheerios of milk. That yeah. we will always rise to the surface. We will always, yeah, whatever that noise is, bloop. Uh, back to the yeah. surface. <laughs> but do you have a practical application? Uh, of like, how do we, how do we keep our gaze on Jesus? How do yeah. we actually practically live in the position of joy, regardless of what yeah. is going on around us? We get preoccupied very easily with things that are not life giving. They're not life giving thoughts. They're not what we should be thinking about. And so, if we went to Philippians four eight, we would recognize, well, what I'm thinking about does not fit into this list. And so, to actually Repent of that, I think, is one of the most practical things we could do. We don't like to use the word repent very often in Christianity. It just sounds dark and heavy, but it literally is just agreeing with God is what it is. It's just saying, okay, God, I see what you're doing. You're giving me a way of escape here. You're giving me an avenue unto triumph. I'm taking it, which means I have to show and I have to agree with you that the way I have been living is incorrect. If you're focused on the news, if you're watching the news daily, very likely your brain is fixating on things and preoccupied with things of this earth and they're going to bring you down. I could just guarantee you that. However, if you're fixated on the things of heaven, what is God doing in this earth? What is he up to? How is he going to use this? Your, your mindset immediately lifts. And I would say, I would give a challenge to all of you to, to just recognize that even though we're not after a feeling, the feelings of joy, the feelings of happiness are accompanying to the Christian life. And so as a result, I would say, in a very simple sense, the happiest people on earth are Christians. They should be. Uh, and we should not be the depressed, the you know despairing. We are the happiest, most triumphant. If we're thrown into a prison cell, we sing songs. We have a God who wins. And so as a result, I want every single one of us to just freshly take our gaze off of the things of this earth and to fix them on things above. And it's, 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 doesn't sound very practical. It sounds like a pat answer, but it actually is a very, very practical thing. It's like, what are you fixating on? What are you thinking about? Hey, there you go again. You're thinking about that. What should you be thinking about? One of the things that Leslie and I have oftentimes done is when we have a preoccupation, something that is just continually just gets into our mind, whether it's a health concern or whether it's a financial concern or whether it's a practical life social concern around us, that we take someone in our life that is a non-believer and we begin every single time we get baited to think on that, we immediately start praying for their salvation. You know, the devil's smart. Uh, he doesn't want to mess with that. So he'll pull back in his intense push to try and get you preoccupied. And it's actually a wonderful escape out of that preoccupation because every time you start thinking about that, boom, you begin to pray for that person and their salvation. And amazing things will happen. I remember I was praying every time I got irritated with my sister when I was waiting for her. I'm like the perfectly timed man. PTM was my nickname in missionary school. And I wanted to be somewhere on time. And I was staying with my sister. We were teaching together. And she was always running about five minutes late. And it was just irritating me, right? I wanted to be on time. And so I decided I was going to pray for the next door neighbor whose name was Scott, who didn't know Christ. And I tell you what, after a semester of school, Scott came to Christ. <laughs> it's a profound tool that you can use. That's so good. Well, if somebody wants to take some of these ideas even deeper and gain some of those tools and traction for how to live the Christian life very practically, um, I would encourage them to check out a lot. We have a ton of resources on our website, but we also have a training season that is coming up this upcoming summer and fall. 
And so if you're wanting to actually apply some of this and learn how to how to study the word and how to build your life around prayer and, and how to rejoice always, regardless of circumstance, well, I would highly encourage you to check out our upcoming programs and you can do all of that at ellersley.com. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. To learn more about our training programs or to support this podcast, visit us at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.